everybody likes guns. They just don't know it. Deep inside of my soul, there's a cowboy trying to get out. Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the hosts and their guests. Hello and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 237. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and with me tonight I have Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Mike. And when I have Josh, how are you, Josh? Oh, I'm doing well. A little sore. I bet you are too. Uh, why would I be sore? I'm perfectly fine. I don't know. Maybe we'll Thomas, how are you? T- I'm doing good, Mike. How are you keeping? <laughs> Besides being sore, I'm not sore. I'm lazy. I'm not. I'm not sore. I'm in a. I'm. I'm great right now. I mean, I might be sore tomorrow, but we'll see. That's tomorrow's problem, right? <laughs> Anyways, we have a great episode for you tonight. We're going to be talking about getting youth into shooting. Um, but first, we're going to do what we did in guns. Amanda, what have you been up to in guns? Well, a little bit, I guess. Uh, let's see here. I've been looking for that Beretta vest, and Jacqueline was trying to get a hold of the Beretta reps to get one for me, but no dice. So can't seem to order any new ones. They can't get the extra large. So she just kind of said, sorry, nobody's got extra large in anything anywhere. So I'm SOL. I guess I'm going to have to either pay the $130 for that Beretta vest if I want it, or, I don't know, maybe just have to deal with a, um, a, a pocket on the belt or something like that instead. So, yeah. oh, let's see. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll think about it anyway. I'm glad that she looked into it. So thanks, Jacqueline, for looking into it for me. But, uh, yeah, no dice on that. Uh, so let's see here. Um, I went to the breakfast shoot last weekend. Uh, it was the last one of our winter series at the Milverton Rotten Club. And I knew I had to practice, but I got 52 out of 100 score. I was kind of bummed out out because the last time when I went shooting at Josh's birthday, like I was thinking to myself, man, I'm going to kick this in the butt. Like I'm going to do really really well, well they made some changes on how they format it they changed the targets to these really small rifle targets and they used to use like the bullseye pistol targets and we used to always do a lot better and i so it's a smaller target didn't do well either yeah, yeah. They've, they've shrunk the targets and made it a little more challenging and uh yeah it's just not as much fun because it's supposed to be just a fun shoot right and it's just a little more challenging <laughs> so you you felt like you struggled too well yeah and i was i was using the rifle targets with a pistol yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't fair <laughs> uh, well no the options were you know pistol or rifle and you right i was in my group. own division but yeah. it was still it was it was tough <laughs> yeah so i was a little bummed out about it and you know i think it's just the plan to the whole point was we brought the girls with us we didn't have the boys so we took them to the shoot, but the girls had no interest in really doing anything. It was actually quite busy for the last shoot of the season. So, you know, they just were content playing on their phones and doing some coloring. So Josh and I just took turns. But, I mean, it was good to get out, see everybody, and participate. So that was Make fun. an appearance. Yeah, make an appearance. But <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't giddy or excited like I have been at other events. So... I don't know. Well, we'll see how. Well, and having the kids with you too. I mean, unless you're involving them, it's just more stressful. So it's harder to relax and have fun. But whatever. But the whole point was to get them involved. Right. But we it just didn't. It, we did it this time. So, <laughs> you 
know, we'll, we'll work on that. Parenting it's also about exposure. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's exposure and like making it more regular. So like if they're not interested in doing well, what we're doing, then and that's not really the environment. Well, I don't know, like maybe afterwards. But I mean, if it is a semi competition, you don't want to be bringing the kids in while they're doing that because it's holding everybody else up and. and well, that's true. Right. We could have done it. Had we time. waited until it was over, we could have done that. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I didn't feel comfortable bringing them out to the range. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That, that, and I also imagine that, like, if they shoot and people are keeping score, right, if you're a kid and you get told you got zero out of 100, or you're like <laughs> one out of 100, you're going to be like, is that good, Dad? And you're the one who's going to have to turn back to him and be like, ah, sorry, kiddo, but that's uh, You're all like, winners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your trophy. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did the same for Lucas, and you brought new shoes but, there. But it was after, like we waited well, until yeah, everybody of course. was kind of done. Yeah, I yeah. just I didn't know how busy it would be, and I figured <clears> if <throat> the girls wanted to shoot, they could. Uh, but it was a lot busier than I expected, so that was kind of cool. So, uh, other than that, I have been uh, getting back into the reps, just doing an hour. But, um, you know, doing okay. Not bad, but, you know, Josh was going out and he goes, are you going with me? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but once he was out of bed, with, so. Uh, with tons of enthusiasm, of course. <laughs> well, It's I, the weather again. It's too gray and dreary. It is, it is. But I was thinking <clears throat> we need to start doing our, our, you know, couple days a week walk where we're doing an hour. Because that was something we were doing regularly. And then the weekend, we can do a two-hour one together, potentially. In preparation for Rasul. In preparation for Rasul. So more consistency rather than just once a week. I think that's what's maybe <clears throat> kicking me in the butt, right? So we'll see. But other than that, I haven't been up to a whole lot other than Josh trying to convince me to buy a click-clack. So, I don't know. <laughs> what? Do we know what a click clack is? It's a gill a gill gun. How about a gill gun? That's another nickname. No, Stevens a Stevens eighty seven or Stevens eighty six. I think it's called. I don't know. I saw one on uh, the okay. CCFR page. It was really neat. It's a semi automatic. It's from like the thirties or forties. And when you the it's a semi automatic, but the bolt doesn't go forward again until you let go of the trigger. So it makes kind of a click clack noise, and that's why it's called that. <laughs> so I started looking for one, and they have one on Gunpost. It was like 175 bucks, but it was a little bit rough. <laughs> so I thought I would sleep on it. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like, "Can I buy this, please?" And I went, "But why?" It was totally an impulse thing. It was like, "Hey, that looks cool." <laughs> but you just bought the Beretta. Hey, we're not at what I did in guns yet. <laughs> Sorry, but you did try and pin that on me, so. Whatever, but that was it for me. So, well, I, Amanda, have have you tried looking in the U.S. at all for a vest? Like, obviously, can't in person, but like, have you checked like Cabela's or what's the big one, the big gun store down down there, Brownells? Yeah, Brownells. No, I like, have I, you ever checked? Have you checked any other websites? I had checked other <laughs> websites, and that was the one Nike is shooting. I think it was called. And they did have it was in the U.S. and that's where it was 130 Canadian to get that that vest. So I mean, oh, okay. well, the foreshadowing. Apparently, we're a Beretta family now, so I guess you have to get it. Have to get it? Yeah. Sure. Why not? But we'll see. I'll keep an eye out. I don't <laughs> mind paying the price if it is what I want, and if obviously 
being ambi is going to be an issue or having lefty is an issue. So I'm just going to have to suck it up and pay the money for it. So I'll just do it or unless I can convince someone to make me one. So, but even then I'm not too sure how well that'll go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So how about you, Josh? What have you been up to? Well, apparently I bought a Beretta. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) It was a surprise. uh, Apparently. Yeah, I took uh, I took Amanda to her first gun show. That was fun. We went to the one in Arthur. We plugged it on the last show, and uh, I don't know. It was pretty pretty similar to all the other gun shows I've been to, but everybody I think was uh, raring to go because it was bumper to bumper. I mean, there was a lineup out the door when we showed up, and we could barely walk. And I, it I've was never pretty seen crazy. a local gun show that busy. That's the busiest one I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It was. You, you, little... It was. Yeah. You. You had to just shuffle along, and there was nothing even remotely social distanced about it. <laughs> it was. It was extreme. Extreme uh, closeness. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people weren't wearing a mask, but I mean, a few people were. Nobody was causing a big stink about it. But it was awesome to see everybody out yeah. and doing that. But it was. It was funny how conditioned we are because it was pretty overwhelming too. <laughs> what are we doing in this room with all these people? Oh, yeah, it was a little much and bumping oh. in people. And I was trying to sneak in front because the line was giving me claustrophobia. <laughs> and so I I would try and there's like two lanes going in the same direction. So the way you would go, there was four rows. So you it wasn't like snake up and down in the same aisle. It was both were going like up <clears throat> the aisles this way and then down the aisles the other way. So you kind of had to make a loop around again if you wanted the second one. It was a little disorganized. But yeah, trying to fit in the middle to try and get the hell out of there was uh, a little <laughs> and much. And then if you, if you pop out into the middle, you'll never get back in. <laughs> it's, yeah, could, you're butting in front of other people and they don't yeah. like that. I'm lucky I'm tall and I could see over most people's shoulders. But <laughs> yeah, they don't run the whole day. Last one, I was, like, they opened like at 7 or 8 and usually they're done by 12 or 1. Yeah, I think this was like 8 till noon. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm sure they were stuck there a little longer, though, with all the people. And it was, what, five bucks to get in? Five bucks to get in the door. Yeah, five bucks yeah. to get in the door. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? So we're walking along, and we're looking at the used over-unders, and all of a sudden, a Beretta catches my eye, and it's like, oh, there's a Beretta here, and I have a look, and it's a, it's about the same. It's a little bit more money than the, uh, than the Winchester I was looking at. I was like, oh, this is pretty close to the same price, but it's a Beretta. It's got to be way better. So I hold it. I play with it, and then I think about it, and I walk around, and then I, I find Amanda again, and I make her go look at it, and she holds it. <laughs> and then I walk around again, and I hold it again. <laughs> and I, I think and I held it. slowly fell in love. Yeah, yeah. And it was just. Well, you tried to barter with the guy. You walked around. He, he made an offer. He's like, will you take 1200 for it? And the guy's like, not twelve. You give me an offer. Or I, I will be, I'll be nice, but I'm not giving yeah. it to you. So for I, I wound up getting it for the same price as the Winchester, and I yeah. think it's a, a far better uh, purchase. Just, I think it's maybe a bit older, but it's just the action. Like everything's, it's pretty much perfect. Like the action is so smooth. Like you just, it, you can just use your fingers to close it, and it locks yeah. up nice. There's no, there's no play. Everything's nice and tight, and. Mm-hmm. Not a scratch on the on the barrel or on the receiver. Yeah. There's a little bit of damage on the stock. Like just. I don't know, just just a few little superficial scratches. I could yeah. probably even buff them out. No gouges, just yeah, just usage, scratches usage, in the finish. Usage marks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Safe 
kisses, that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Um, but I did uh, I did replace the buttstock. I, it was the hard plastic, and it had a little crack in it. So I I went on the Breda website and I got a I got a sling for it, uh, like a carry strap, leather and uh, canvas strap, and uh, bought a butt uh, butt pad for it. But it was a little bit annoying because I, I looked and they said the field models have the uh, curved buttstock and the competition ones have the flat. So I was really sure to buy the field model and I get it and it's flat. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what do I do with this? So I, I got a heat gun and I and I heated it up and I kind of bent it a little bit and I got a bit of a curve into it. And I, it, It's not perfect, but it's pretty close. But if I find something better, I'll, I'll replace it down the road. But it's going to be a little more comfortable to shoot probably now. So. But yeah, I, I just I don't know. I couldn't uh, I couldn't walk away from it. Just compared to the Winchester for the same price, and I just it just felt like a superior firearm. So I just I had to get it. But then I was really surprised when I got it home and I I looked up the dating code and it was 1979. <laughs> it looks <laughs> like there's I couldn't believe how old it was, but it it just it looks like someone just kind of maybe hunted with it a couple of times or used it a little bit for trap and just basically just kept it in the safe right yeah, like it's got very little usage yeah so but fixed chokes that's the only the only difference between that and the winchester i had uh removable chokes on the winchester but um i don't know not not the end of the world i love but, the, uh, the engraving on it the details are just beautiful it is yeah it's it's kind of like a little art piece right yeah and so. based on that time period it would have been hand engraved whereas now we were watching a few videos and basically everything is done by machine engraving yeah. now but that would have everything all the details in there hand, would have been hand engraved yeah. and that particular model seems to be uh maybe a little bit more rare because it's a maybe a german import because of the, the way they had the cheek the cheek, oh, yeah, uh, the cheek what do you call it the cheek piece on the stock um mm -hmm. and it didn't say anything else on it aside from sour beretta but it seems like it's the same firearm as an s56e like they sold in north america just from what i was reading so of the same era same model just the stock is a little bit different mm -hmm. so what was your yeah, final, pretty happy what was your final cost on it uh fourteen hundred dollars can't complain yeah. yeah no certainly not and yeah. <laughs> i i was pretty happy with it i thought it looked Classy. There's no stickers. It was my turn, and now I own the most expensive firearm. So you can't, you can't get mad anymore that I'm the one that's yeah. making you. So now what? What do you buy next? It'll be left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So haven't used it yet. Haven't tried it yet. So hopefully it works. <laughs> everything seems to, everything seems to dry fire okay. I I learned about. Uh, I was worried because when I when I dry fired it, it wasn't it wasn't going off twice. And I had to Google it because I didn't realize that it has the inertia triggers. So I had to like bang it on a chair and then the second barrel would go. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is working, <laughs> but now I realize <laughs> that works. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go to uh sporting place tomorrow and try it out. So hopefully everything goes well there. Well, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's all I did. Yeah. What about you, Thomas? What have you been up to? Uh, I haven't done any actual shooting. Um, I did get a call from a friend of mine for some verification advice. Um, a mutual <clears throat> friend of ours passed away, and he had an extensive collection of firearms. Uh, it was 120 long guns and no, 120 handguns and 100 long guns. 
And oh my God. the uh, local um, auction company came and picked them up, and they're a very reputable, really good company. I won't mention any names, but they, uh, they picked them up. But there was two they refused. There was two that they didn't want. So that's what he called me about. So these two were still at the house, and the guy wanted to know what to do with them. And it looks like the one was an old, it was old 20s Smith & Wesson revolver. It looked like somebody decided to rebarrel it, but they used a pair of vice grips on the center of the barrel to turn it. So they, they crushed the barrel and they destroyed the gun. <laughs> and there was a whole box of cylinders and uh, K-frame parts and stuff. So it's not like the States. There's not We don't have revolver smiths around here these days. So I suggested those things. To him. Uh, he knows Keith Bong, so he's going to drop off all the smaller parts to him. But then there was a 1911 in there I had never seen before. It was a Ithaca 1911. And it looks like at one point the frame had been set up for full auto. And the the gentleman who owned it was re-putting it back to semi-auto. Um, on that one, I told him, um, <coughs> just turn that one in. I would take the slide, take the slide off, nice thick slide, the barrel, and any parts, and any of the full auto stuff, just have her call the police and have the police pick them up. Don't even transport them, let them come get them. But that was kind of interesting because I'd never seen or heard of a full auto Ithaca before, so that was kind of cool. Um, I still haven't started back to work yet. They've been really busy with the, the fall sale. So hopefully uh, I should hear by Garrett next week and we'll get the classes going. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I discovered a problem with a knife that I didn't know existed. Like I had this, uh, I bought a giant mouse, Ace Grand. Beautiful Italian-made knife, fit and finish is fantastic, really pretty knife. And I got a, a video popped up in my newsfeed, and what the guy the guy had the same knife. And he was complaining about it. He said when he opened it, when he flicked it open, the locks worked every time. But if you opened it very very slowly, you hear the click, but it failed every time. Um, so I was kind of curious, so I took my knife, and it the same failure happened with my knife every time. If I flicked it open and locked. And, but if I opened it really, really slowly, the knife failed every single time. And I was really kind of ticked off because this, this is a $300 Canadian knife. And so I went online. Apparently, it's a common issue with this knife. So I, I took the uh, took it apart. I have a polishing belt from my Canadian Workshop, and I just polished the the lock bar a little bit, tested it, wasn't quite right, polished it a second time, and now it works fine. So I was. It was a problem I didn't know existed because I've never opened the knife slowly. I always just flick it and locked. But if I handed it to somebody and they opened it slowly, it, it would fail. So that's something I didn't expect. And I bought a new knife. Woohoo! <sighs> he doesn't sound <laughs> Yeah, you don't sound too impressed. So, so the guy who wasn't going to. More nice. <laughs> the, the, the deal was with, with Terry. I'm going to take a break from buying knives for a while. <laughs> the deal with, with Terry was that if, if, if I wanted any more gear, I'd have to buy something to sell something. So a couple months ago, there was a knife I wanted, so I decided to sell my 410 Mossberg. And when my friend came to pick it up, Terry said, oh, we need deck money. And she took the money off me. And I was, I was angry about it for months. I really was, because that wasn't the deal. The deal was if I sold something to buy something, it was mine. So I... I I lost it. I ripped her new one over it. She gave me the money back for the shotgun, and I bought a tactile Rockwell titanium pocket knife. Like, I need another pocket knife, Very right? Nice. Very nice. But that was the deal. If I sell something to buy something, so I did, you don't take the money. It's my money. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she gave mine me, is yours. So she gave me back the money, and I was just on uh, Thunderbird Gear going through their, their website, just seeing what they have. I wasn't looking for anything particular. And this thing popped up. And I've heard about these knives. I've, I've read reviews about them. I've never seen one in Canada. And so I scooped it right away. And when it arrived, it was only 27 days old. So how the retailer got this so fast is just amazing. Because um, the reviews of it are just coming on YouTube now. So it was amazing to even find this. Never mind to get it as fast as I did. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful knife. I really like it. But I, I think I am going to rest now for, from buying knives. I, I'm going to give myself a break. I've spent so much money the last six months. I could buy I could have bought a, a couple of nice brighter shotguns. <laughs> I feel like the last year we spent a lot more money than what we had planned to do or what I ever expected us to do. But Is it in the gun budget? Is it in the budget? <laughs> I will say we've done quite well still like we've been following our, our financial methods for a year now and everything seems to be working out. Okay. Plus, you know, income's a little bit better than what it was originally. It's an investment. It is an investment and it does help that both of us do the same thing that we enjoy the same hobbies. Now that, that, that thing that it's an investment only works for firearms. It doesn't work for cars or anything else. No, not a whole lot more. No, unless you're calling it an investment, a future investment. Like my dad always takes pride in his vehicles. Uh, he actually has two Camaros. He has a winter Camaro and a summer Camaro. And uh, and the the point of it being is that he invests in himself and the vehicle that he drives around in when he goes to see his clients, especially. You know, um, everyone in St. Mary's knows when the Camaro's parked up front that Rick is there. So, uh, and every time he pulls into a client's home, it's the same thing. It's this nice car. So, even though, like, the winter Camaro's only a V6 and the interior inside of it is is cloth, like, the exterior of it has a beautiful... So, the Breda is my winter shotgun. What do I need to get for the summer? Oh, hush you. Smart Alec. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I see I see what you're trying to say. And in most situations, that is very true. But um, I would say from my dad's perspective, it's more of an investment in himself. Right. In that situation for future business, because it makes him look like a successful person and people know him as the Camaro guy. Which one do you got out today, Rick? The black one or the orange one? Because he actually has a 50th anniversary Limited edition Hot Wheels Camaro. It's orange with black stripes. It was there was only 500 made, and he actually got the miniature, as well as a plaque stating the number of his car that he got. Oh, so, yeah, it's really really cool. So, I digress. I'm sorry, I squirreled off there. That's fine. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What did you do? Uh, me, well, after last week's episode, I'm sure people are dying to find out whether Ro- whether Josh is going to get my P226, and the simple answer is no. Oh, I did it. <laughs> we knew that sure. was never going to happen, right? To Instagram, they would definitely have seen that, or Strava. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so. Because Mike, Mike went total beast mode. Okay, you, tell us about you, it. Yeah, what happened? You, what the hell are you, you doing? You didn't just one rock at two, two fifty. Good day. What did you do, Mike? 
<laughs> well, I tried to do two a day, so I had the week I could do them on. So I did two on Monday, so one and two. Day two was supposed to be three and four. But after when I woke up for on Wednesday for five, I I like I didn't get up. Like that pretty much sums it up. I didn't get up. So yeah, so uh, so when I woke up on the Wednesday, I was in uh, pretty rough shape. Um, I didn't think I was going to get any ruck in at all. Actually, I thought that that was pretty much it. Like I was going to, because I I had like a game plan that if things started not going well, I would just stop rucking and just let my body recover for like a day or two, and then come back and do that that week eleven just so that Josh couldn't get the claim on the gun. Um, so that was kind of where I thought things were going. I thought like, oh, I thought I was out. I thought it was done. Um, but then later in the day, just started feeling better. And, and I got up moving around. The muscles kind of all loosened up. And I kind of thought, you know what? Why not? Right? Like, I know I have an excuse to not go. But I thought, let's, let's do it anyway. So I pushed myself to go out there. So I did week five on Wednesday, six on Thursday, seven, seven on Friday, and then I had to jump to week eleven for the Saturday just to complete the to complete the challenge. So That's good, you're on the spreadsheet now. Good job. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm on it. Yep. So I'm gonna try to do a ruck tomorrow, and I guess I'll do week twelve. I guess. Yeah, I'll stay on the same You gotta week. do the last one. Yeah. You gotta do the last one, and I think I'll be doing the last one in its full force as well. So because it's only seventy-five minutes. Start- I think it's an hour and 15, isn't hour it? Hour 15, yeah. Sorry, I meant the one that's supposed to be this week. What's the one this week? This is week 11. It's like two and a so half I hours, just, isn't it? I just did week 11. It's two and a half hours, yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's the one that I was going to do. The, yeah, because you did the 215 with uh, Sarah, right? With, with Sarah, yeah. Yep, that was, that was nice. That was on Saturday morning, and I was getting ready to ruck, and Sarah said, hey, do you mind if I come? And I thought, no, I think. I think it'd be fun. So it was nice. It was nice to have Sarah come with me. She was worried that she wasn't going to last very long, but we did over 10K, which it wasn't It wasn't the pace that I wanted to keep, but it was definitely a lot faster. To be honest, it's a lot faster and further than I thought Sarah was going to get. I yeah. thought we were going to get a lot shorter than that and get told, I'm done. You can keep going, but I'm done. But, and it doesn't feel as far when you have someone with you too. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do miss it that I can't keep up. It's like, been my. That's been my struggle is the mental part of it is just because I'm I'm bored walking around Mitchell again and again and again. Yeah. And it's hard to stay focused and. But he's and go flying through it past cause it's me. It's gray and cold and raining and. Yeah. <laughs> but he's flying past me, so we can't even talk. Like yeah. he's just he's gone. He's I I I. I what was it? Five minutes in, and the dogs. Yeah, but you brought the dogs and they pooped. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. So we, you I, run. You know, in my defense, do. I probably would have gone a little faster, but they were itching for attention and were babysitting uh, Chloe's mother. Uh, so Chloe's our dog, and so Chloe is ten. Chloe's your dog. My dog, whatever. <laughs> and and um, Cookie is fourteen. And so the fact that she made it an hour at the pace, and I pushed her pretty hard, <laughs> considering uh, she's she's elderly and maybe a tad overweight and spoiled. Sounds I like will me. say she 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 did, <laughs> she did pretty good, <laughs> considering. But yes, um, it, that held me back was the dogs. But I kind of 
thought I would keep the company and not feel bad for leaving them home because anyway, I wouldn't be able to keep up with you. But it sucked not being able to talk to you. But having the music was good. I got yeah, the- but the last time we rocked together, all you did was say how miserable I was, and it wasn't fun. So there you go. <laughs> Josh, quit while you're ahead. Yeah. Put headphones on, listen to music. He keeps testing my, my patience today and this week, actually. So, yeah, you keep digging that hole for yourself. See where it gets you. Chesterfield. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, that was pretty much my, my insane week of rucking, and then, of course, the kids came back, and then I haven't rucked since, of course. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping well, I can carve out some time You did tomorrow. pretty amazing because your pace was awesome, too. From coming out of nowhere, you just blasted it. That was great. Well, you, you told me six kilometers an hour, so I said, okay. So I did the math. How far do I need to go for six kilometers an hour? Yep. There oh. you go. Look at you go. Beast mode. Well, the last two I only I only mustered 5.9. So I'm proud of I, you. I mean, are we rounding up or down? Well, you'd always round up. <laughs> uh, after that, later in the week, uh, I did pick up my nine millimeter bullets and my 40 bullets as well. Um, I realized that I hadn't actually ordered as many nine millimeter as I meant to, and I can't remember why I didn't, but some reason which was disappointing because the bill was still you know the same price um and then after that uh, i what else have i done um oh i bought a gun that was random um i am i am house sitting an m&p just a regular old 1.0 nine millimeter four and a quarter inch m&p range kit and the guy that I was hosting it for is because he moved up to like the the territories. Well, I guess he decided that he's he knows now that he's never coming back to pistol shooting, or I guess if he is, he'll buy something else. So he asked me, "Do I want to buy it?" And I said, uh, "Like I, if I bought it, I would just buy it to flip it." And he's like, "Okay, so do you want it for a hundred bucks less than what I would sell it for?" So I'm like, "Kind of can't." No, because I can turn around and hopefully make a hundred bucks off it, but we'll see how that plays out. I might end up hanging on to it just because I don't know. It just seems like a nice gun, and because it comes in a full range kit, it seems like a good option for somebody who wants to try competitive shooting. It's like here's a gun, here's a holster, here's magazines, you know, here's everything that you need to to get started in competition. So it just seems like a, a good thing to keep handy. Um, so that's how I accidentally bought a gun. So um, what did you accidentally pay for it? Uh, four hundred dollars. <laughs> Woo! That's a good price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I went on I I went online and it seemed like five hundred dollars was what people were selling them for. Yeah. And I'm not really surprised because there is a there is a 2.0 version out there and there are five inch models of the same gun. It's it's not a bad gun. I still think it's a great gun. That's why I bought it. I wouldn't have if I didn't think it was a good gun. But. Uh, yeah, they just aren't going for what they were going for back in the day. Um, and then today, I actually shot another i match down in Frontenac, which was tons of fun. Uh, it was nice. It was supposed to be indoor, but I guess they changed their their mind yesterday when they were setting up, and they did it to outdoor. So that was a nice little change. It was warm enough to be outside. That's a nice um, range, the match too. Went, it is. Yeah. The match went well. I 
<laughs> I feel like the whole way down, I was just going, I'm just going for fun. 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 Um, I'm going to be happy with results that I get. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? Like the whole way down. And so like the the week that I was doing all my rucking, I was hoping to get dry fire in. I didn't dry fire once. So it's like, I have no dry fire. I haven't shot in forever. I had to go scrounging to make sure I had enough ammo just to shoot the match. But it's like, what are my realistic expectations for this match, right? Don't DQ, don't do anything horrendous, you know, make it through. So, so I made it through. I mean, if I sit back and I, and I already, and I, I analyzed my shooting a little bit after I had gotten home. So it's an hour long car ride home. I didn't think about my shooting at all. And it wasn't until I was in the shower and I started analyzing my shooting. I was like, no, I didn't go to be competitive. I didn't go to be the best shooter I possibly can be so stop analyzing it just enjoy the fact that you had fun so i mean hopefully that's uh, hopefully that's getting better and hopefully that'll work out in the end but did it work did you have fun did you convince yourself i i i i, I did have fun and i and i did not get competitive and like there, I know I made mistakes, but I'm trying not to analyze them because I know when I go into analyzing, I'm going to get into full competition mode, and then I'll start getting upset about the mistakes I did make instead of just being happy about the successes I did have. So, and that's just what I need to focus on because I did no dry fire at all. I did no warm up, no training, no nothing. So, I mean, really, I, I got the best results that I possibly could get, and I and I sh- I should be, and I am happy with them. <laughs> So how'd you do? I, I don't know. The results haven't come out yet. <laughs> You're going to let us know as soon as you find out, though, right? Oh, well, yeah. No, he won't say a word. I, come on. I don't, I, don't think, I don't even think I'll finish top three. But even, even so, but the fact that you would share with us how well you did or not, it will, it's another step in the right direction of, I know what I, like, I got, and I can share it with you without feeling like... Uh, You'll still be in the top ten. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll probably be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if I'm not in the top ten, then I will be mad. Oh no, need to be mad. Oh no, you gotta get mad sometimes. Get mad at yourself, and then it it, it makes you do better. Oh yeah. But it, it, it went totally for be... fun, so it doesn't matter. This is true. This is true. That was his premise. So you went for fun. So it doesn't matter if you got it in the top ten. But based on your experience and how well of a shooter you are, whether you have dry fire or not, Mike, you will do very well. But even if the off chance that you don't, you know, just it was a fun day. That's all you can say. I rhymed. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a mom. <laughs> I am trying my hardest to just be happy. Yes. You will do it, and that's why you're going to share with us and let us know how you did. So. But if he doesn't break the top ten, he's going to be pissed. I'm telling you. Don't take <laughs> him on, Thomas. Don't make me come over there. We'll all be really disappointed. We'll try not to tell him. But. You. Sarah will have to console him. <laughs> Alright, gentlemen, let's stop trying to put Michael on edge, please. 
And uh, let's, uh, how about we move on to our next topic, if you're all done talking about what else you did in guns there. Yeah, I am all done. So, like I, um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about how to teach youth to shoot. Um, this kind of, well, I didn't come up, but Josh mentioned in the last episode that you want to take your kids more, and you, you mentioned the breakfast shoot as a potential way to introduce them, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. We should talk about how to get kids into shooting and what's a good what's a good method and things like that. And uh, I don't know how, Thomas, I've been podcasting with you for like, oh my gosh, it feels like it's been like 10 years now. Um, seven years, actually. Yeah, seven seven years. Wow. Um, and somehow I didn't know that I didn't know that you ran a youth program. I did. I just I, never I I never knew that. So uh, that that was really interesting to look. I thought, what a great person to ask some of these great questions for, like how to get kids out there to shoot. So, kind of like an interview with you, Thomas. Um, and obviously. <laughs> Well, we, we, we all got to learn how to teach kids to shoot, right? Like I like my daughter this year. Good she idea. Kept, I like that. Yeah. My daughter wanted – she keeps saying that she wants to come to the range with me this year, and I don't know what she really means when she says the range, if she means she wants to come shooting or she just wants to come when I'm running a match where she gets to sit in the back of the back of mom's car and eat Tim Hortons for breakfast. Like, you know, who knows? So uh, – but if she does want to come out there and shoot, I want to make sure I'm doing it the right way. So – She's what five guess, now? Uh, she'll be six this summer. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess obviously the first big question is what's the difference between taking a kid and an adult new shooter to the range? Like, is there anything extra I need to prepare for? Um. More snacks. Not really, because <laughs> you. It's, they're both learning the same thing. The only thing is that, as you know, with your daughter, you just have to keep things a lot simpler. You just have to yeah. simplify her. And with the little kids, because they don't tend to have much of an attention span, um, <laughs> you, you have you have to make it a fun factor too, right? You have to make safety as part of the fun factor. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So now you, uh, you you bought Lee the, the rifle like shortly after she was born. She was just a, a, a young thing when you got her that little twenty-two. So she's fun uh, to growing into it. Uh I mean. We had it out today, and, like, I mean, it, she's still way too small for it, like, to properly fit into her shoulder. But, I mean, she's, like, three feet tall. Well, she's so, tiny, too. She's a tiny girl. Yeah, she she's little, so. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I mean, she can still shoot it, right? She can, like, kind of put it, like, we always bench it anyway, but she kind of puts it in her shoulder, and she just, you know, she just reaches a little bit further out to grab the trigger and a little bit, you know, you and I look at that and be like, oh, that doesn't look comfortable, but, like, who cares? She's having fun. She can reach the trigger. That's the important part. But, uh, I think that's the, about the, I think the only thing that you it's, you may have to prepare for is some kids may be scared of the noise. You may have to explain to them what is going to happen when they pull the trigger, but you can have that with some adults, too. Yeah, but just explain yeah. to them what is going to happen as it's going through. So, because sometimes if that first bang, it it terrifies people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's good to know. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone. You can go. You can go on about your day. Just go listen to our show that we did a while ago about how to take a new shooter to the range, and we're done. Good. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously yeah, there's a lot. You got, you got some good questions here, and. Um, 
you know, if anything, I would say probably a bigger target might be a better. Just like, saying, if you can use steel instead of paper, because then they can get the instant yeah. reaction, right? Yeah. yeah, we did talk a little bit about that before too. Is yeah. that instant reaction? But if you're going to have a big target, that's probably the best. Now, uh, Thomas, maybe I'll ask you, what range should like should we be shooting at ten? Yard, should can we go? Should we go closer? Well, you want them to be successful. Right? You want them well, to be successful. So what I would suggest, if you want them to be successful, don't try teaching somebody that's really young how to use open sights. Stick to a red dot or a scope. Yeah. It's, it's easier to explain. Um, and the targets are, are what's can either when they're a little bit older, like they're younger adults, then you can put a scoring target and they can score each one and they can compete amongst themselves. But when they're a little bit younger, you want that fun factor. So. Uh, you can buy, you, most ranges don't allow them, but you can buy exploding targets. But little things like lollipops, anything that to, to, that will break apart, or balloons, they balloons. get an instant reaction. Yeah. Um, anything that's allowable at the range, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Anything with, that contains water is a great target for a little kid, because they get the blow up or anything like that, they can actually see it. Because, you know, same with most adults, if you're sitting there at 20 yards, shooting and, and you don't see what you do until the target comes back you get kind of bored so if you get that instant response it does make it a little bit uh, more fun for everybody okay which is why i like steel too this kind of rolls into to mike's question in here so we did talk about targets a little bit and distances i i should have read the notes i'm sorry mike uh, <laughs> but all right so type of guns i know like i personally wouldn't uh, think to shoot anything more than a 22 maybe a pellet gun um would you agree with that i yes, would no? for younger maybe? kids um i would have them either shooting benched or prone it would should be mm-hmm. a bolt action 22 rifle um if they're a little bit older you can work them on a repeater if they're young teenagers then you put them on a semi-auto but for the young kids the simplest the better one bullet for everything one bullet one bolt close one pull so they get used to the whole process of loading up, taking a shot, unloading. Okay. Okay. So Distances twenty yards. You know that's that's usually the norm. I, I think we've done ten yards. I think, but we have the ability to move to ten yards for the kids. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, I I feel like. Uh, well, with the younger ones anyway, because I know when we tried to stand back more than 20, my my six-year-old or seven-year-old, sorry, he, because he was definitely pointing up higher than what he should have been, I was trying to coach him to go bring him back down. So I felt like 20 yards wasn't a good spot that, for him. That's why you want to teach, you want them benched or shooting prone, because you want to keep that muscle yeah. down low. And the yeah. really young kids, I wouldn't put them on restricted. I wouldn't put them on pistols for until they hit a certain age. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Until they get, yeah. What about shotguns? Depends. I, I know if the depending on the the age of the kid, if they're interested in hunting, then definitely start them on a on a on a smaller gauge shotgun. Um, a four ten is a good intro. It's a bad gun to use. Um. But yeah, it's not, if they if they if they want to start hunting, then yeah, you have to do introduce them to a, a small bore, four ten, twenty gauge. But if you're gonna put them on a shotgun, it's important that you teach them how to properly 
hold the shotgun because that's one gun when they transition from bolt action 22s with no recoil to something that kicks is when they get hurt so you have to teach them how to use it properly or it, you could actually really scare the crap out of them so would you recommend like starting a kid on a shotgun uh, i'll say roughly the same time that you would also start a kid on a handgun just because of like the side restraints of you know, properly, like, and I think properly fitting the shotgun, obviously the kid's growing so fast that they're gonna, they're gonna grow out of it so fast. But like close enough that at least they're not gonna get hurt. Whereas like, once again, my three foot tall daughter, she couldn't handle, she can't really even handle the, the kid's size rifle, but it's okay because it's a 22 single shot. But like, if you put her in a shotgun, it wouldn't matter if it's a 410, she can't hold it right. That's just gonna hurt her. And I, I see a lot of parents come in with, to the store with kids and they're, they're looking at, full-size shotguns and I, I mentioned oh there are youth models so mm-hmm. you can get youth models in 410s I, Mossberg does a, a lot of youth models Remington as well and uh, a lot of them actually have coupons so if you get the youth model when you grow up you can get a coupon get a discount for a full-size stock as well too so oh that's cool oh, oh. I like that that's awesome no, so, well, you're, you're right Mike size is very important but again it depends on the kid you know, yeah. I I've, I know I've seen a couple of really young wiry girl young girls that you didn't couldn't think would handle a twelve gauge, and or twenty gauge, and man, they're they're champs. So, yeah. So what uh, what order would you progress a, tr- a child through for firearms? Like uh, obviously, you said you start with a rifle, and you kind of went through like you know the actions that you'd go single shot, repeater, then uh, semi. But like, uh, would you go shotgun before handgun? Would you? I would start with the pellet gun. They're they're relatively inexpensive. Um, they're low powered, so it's 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 a, a safer option. And you can teach them every basic firearm safety rule with the pellet gun. And then once they learn the basic firearm safety with that particular firearm, then I would transition them into a, a center fire or a rim fire. But teach them on a pellet gun, or if if you just have a 22, that'll that'll work too. But a lot yeah. of it's going to be is their size, right? Okay. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so I uh, like I have a pretty good idea of brands of because again we have um, youth shotguns, youth rifles, but obviously not youth handguns. With their like, and I'm assuming like I would probably wait until my son's at least 12 or older before I'd consider a. <laughs> handgun well i tried thomas thomas actually gave me uh an air pistol and i tried that with the kids and they weren't strong and their fingers weren't strong enough to pull the triggers (laughs) oh that's like an air pistol yeah it was like an air pistol handgun kind of which i have because thomas gave me one i didn't know that it's an m&p model of uh air gun it's awesome CO2, it's really cool. Okay. Actually, that's, but that's, it's got such a heavy trigger pull that they couldn't do it. <laughs> that's that's a valid point that I forgot. There are you're better off to have something with a lighter pull because the, the kids physically will not be able to pull the trigger. I've okay, seen so. some uh, shotguns with eight or nine pound triggers, and the kids couldn't pull them. Yeah. So I, I was just kind of curious if there was a a handgun that would be. I'm assuming one that's more meant. Also for ladies in short hands. My, my so. Wrangler, probably. Well, it's, it's, Wrangler? Well, yeah, no, single, it's a single like action actually isn't a bad idea because they're actually very tiny. Uh, but yeah. nowadays, so many manufacturers are making guns with adjustable back straps so you can actually make them a, a lot smaller. Um, mm. 
small skinny ones also browning does have a full line of two-third 1911s and they're really they're very slim kathy let me shoot this little tiny gun and i can't remember what it was called but it was it was little like just little in the sense of I thought I would like it because of the TT thirty three's got a small grip. Yeah. Is that <laughs> my point is I then it ended up being too small for me. I didn't like it. I felt like my hands were swimming over it. Yeah, that's when so, that's when fit's really important, especially if you're introducing a younger person to shooting. It's, it is important to have a, a pistol that does fit them. If they're, if they're overreaching. You know, then it's a safety issue. They're, oh, they're so re- basically, you're saying go pellet gun, then rim fire, center fire, shotgun. Well, the good thing about then, the pellet gun, then air gun, you, air you gun, can, and you can then, start with the pellet gun. You can shoot those in your basement. You know, it's something you can a lot of places depending where you live, you can shoot it in your property. And if, then if they have an interest, then you can carry it up mm-hmm. to to the range of the 22. Um, as I said, all depends okay. on the kit. If they just want to target shoot. You may you can just stick them on the 22s if they want to get into hunting. Then you, you want to introduce them to the bigger calibers as well. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Okay, that's I, that's a good points. I appreciate that. So, yeah. is there uh, is there any good options for how we can try and fit guns that we already have in our safe for our kids? Like if, if we don't have a, a youth size model, uh, there's a few. Um, I actually have a Lakefield Mossberg. 22 that I cut the stock off and we used it for I used it for the youth program. Nowadays, a lot of the you can get some of the Rugers actually have fully adjustable stocks. You can get the tactical stocks, uh, AR style stocks. They're perfect because they can make them fit anybody. Oh wow! Uh, yes. Yeah, any type of adjustable stock is perfect for a new shooter. Even though it's a little okay. bit more money, if you've got kids or a family with different sizes, uh, anything with an AR style buttstock is fantastic. Yeah. Cool. That's a good point. Yeah. Plus, a lot of them have cheek risers, so you can make it fully adjustable to the individual shooter. It's it's an added expense if you go to get yourself a 22 rifle. Uh, say you go get yourself a Savage Mark II or something. That stock is going to be the same price or more than the actual rifle itself. But the usability and precision, it's it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you could use it too. Yeah. So uh, when you've taught kids you were doing a youth program so they weren't your kids um is it good to have the their parent whether they're inexperienced versus or not around or do they kind of tend to get in the way kind of like how couples get in the way of each other learning when they're at a when they're at a you know at a course or something and i bring this up because uh, i took leela to karate and you know the instructor you know told us you know when they when the kid's on the mat the kid is theirs, not yours. Like they don't want you interfering with them trying to teach them. <laughs> hey, stop punching my kid. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and yeah, that's the same with hockey too, right? So yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're trying to coach somebody and the parent is interfering with it, I, I could understand that. Um, the problem is when you're dealing with youth, um, there's a morality issue as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've, you know, well, we've all heard horrible things that have happened to kids over the years. Yeah. So it's always good, and things can happen to instructors too. So it's always good to have one of the parents there at all times, <coughs> just in case something happens. Okay, you know, so I, well, I, yeah, because you get up close and personal. Well, there is, with yeah, there is, yeah, there is, yeah. I, I'm beside your kid. I, I might have my arm on your little girl's back, 
no steadying her or, or moving her arms or whatever. So I want the parent there while I'm doing it. Or that the parent do it, but um, yeah. okay. Sorry, I didn't so necessarily you... mean. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say I didn't necessarily mean like tell the parent to you know take a hike, but like, yeah. do you have the like would the parents like participate in the teaching of the of how to shoot, or did they kind of more just sit back and watch you do it? Well, a lot of the times the parents were very involved. The parents would do like especially if at the rate if the parents were there and they were shooters, I would just stand back and let them do it. Okay. And I, w- I would correct if they did something. I would correct anything. Um, if it was a new shooter or people that didn't know, then I would instruct them. But a lot of times the parents are, had their kids, and their kids have been out shooting with the parents lots of times. So they have the basic fundamentals. If the kids don't have any fundamentals whatsoever, then then I run through the it, through it with them. It all depends on the parents, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, because usually if you go to a gun club, you get most part odds are the parents are going to have arms licenses. Um, yeah. That's one good thing, at least. Um, you know that everybody who is at the club has been vetted. We all get background checks every day. Um, so it's... I think I think as a teacher or a volunteer, I'd prefer the parent was there. Yeah. Just, it's just a liability. the same reasons, right? It's yeah, just I a think. liability issue too, right? Yeah. You're, you're there and you've got yeah. a group of... And it could... You know, these days, it's, it's your word against their word. And that way, if there's a parent there or if there's video cameras. I love video cameras. Because if you know yeah. somebody makes an accusation, it's covered. But for your own liability, it's always good to have a, another adult there with you, yeah. preferably a parent. Yeah. Yeah. The reason uh, I mentioned so, that too, because I actually would have people that would drop their kids off, and I was babysitter for an hour, and I didn't like that. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. when I'm ready to go, I'm done. Yeah. I'm waiting for the parent to show up. So that I didn't yeah. like. So let's go get I, ice cream. Let's go get ice cream. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I figured. I figured with the fire, just the fact that firearms were involved, that like none of the parents were actually going to physically leave. It was more about like, you know, our, you know, we always hear horror stories of people teaching new shooters really bad, you know, posture, grip, or you know, something bad, like something bad that sticks with them for the rest of their lives, kind of thing, right? And it's hard to break when you teach somebody something incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I could see parents being involved, over-involved, and not, like, maybe not handling what well, Thomas is saying as an instructor well. We, well. Had a, we had a youth program for a little while before COVID, and I went to help because I was a range officer. And uh, the parents were all there. There was one parent per kid, and they wanted to try, too, They wanted, it, which was kind of cool. So they stood at the line with their kids, and they all got a chance to try as well. They're all air rifles. Yeah. And a lot of the air rifles, they, they would help to do the caulking because they're the break action spring, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was good to have them all there. And yeah. they, they were equally as engaged and interested as the kids as well, so it was really good. So. Yeah. Because they weren't, they they didn't seem like shooters at all. Like I don't think any of the parents that were there were shooters. They uh, just signed their kids up. It was it was the pony club, so it was like an athletic thing. Oh yeah. Um, oh, okay. But uh, so yeah, you know you're gonna have all new shooters at that point. Yeah. 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 And the parents were really super into it too, and they they enjoyed it, and it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So is it better to teach kids in like a relaxed farmer's field, you know, one-on-one, or is it better to have the structure and the control of a shooting range? I would do the basic fundamentals at home before they even put a firearm in their hands. Mm-hmm. Don't don't wait till you get out there. Give them some basic, sit them down, teach yeah. them that the axe improves, let them know what yeah. they're going to do, 
and then before they even get up there. Because when I was yeah. a kid, my, my stepfather, before I even went shooting, he he nailed them into my head. Like it, mm-hmm. he he was such a safety Sally, and which is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So pretty much a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 I think that would have a lot to do with a what you have available to you, and b and how your child works. Because what I would do with one child here doesn't mean I would do the same with another. Yeah, right. There, there are too. certain things that I focus on with Dawson than I would with Nico or with like, and even the girls, same thing. Like there's different things that I'd be focusing on and maybe it would be a little more relaxed in a farm setting. But then again, for us, that opportunity is not there. But if you have the availability, I think as long as you're creating a somewhat structured environment, like, okay, this is our line here, right? We do not cross this line. Well, we've talked about it before, like how yeah. beneficial it would be to have some handling before you actually approach the line and go to shoot something. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, because the, the kids they grab the gun and you're like, oh, how does this fit? And you're trying to like make it work with them and well, do uh, all do all that at home before you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's what Thomas get, is saying. Get semi comfortable with the handling before it's loaded well, at home. And I'm yeah. I'm excited to do yeah. this eye target with the. Right, that would be great. I think they would really enjoy it because I think they will get a better grasp over what they're doing and the handling and the pointing and the shooting, and there's no... Because it was the same last time I took a new shooter to the range. I just went in the clubhouse first and set all my guns on the table, and I made everybody just handle them first before we went out to the range. Yeah, Yeah, I showed them the gun first, and when they they do get to shoot, they get one bullet the first time. One shot. (laughs) Yeah. Then they get five, then they get ten. Because I've had people with after the first shot, it scares them. They go full reverse on me. Yeah. One shot first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And you and maybe even you should take the shot first just so they can hear it, right? I I have done that. I have done that, and it's especially with the group bookings. It, the problem is sometimes if, if it's a shared range, so if somebody's shooting air, a couple stalls down, and they hear that, it's yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah. They're pretty loud indoors. Yep. So do you introduce any sort of competition? Now, this can be as simple as who can hit the balloon first, who can get a better score on the target, etc. Do you do that, or do you try and keep it as light? Oh, no, always, always. Not everybody gets a trophy. If somebody does well, I want them to know they've done well. And if I see somebody that's shooting exceptionally well, then I'll coach them even further. Because okay. it's... There's some kids out there that have the natural ability. So if I see somebody that can shoot, I'm going to let them know that they're good. Yeah. And you're going to encourage the competition of like, hey, do you think you can hit the bullseye this time or whatever? Oh, yeah. And you try to make the competition among the kids, but you make it, you want to stick it to the same age group. So you don't want to have like the, the 12 or 13 year olds competing okay. with the seven or eight year olds, right? Just yeah. Have it where, you know, you got a couple girls and have a little prize. They both get something anyway. But, you know, if you make it fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, whoever gets this gets okay. a donut well, that, or that, that's important but I do know like for well I was just thinking like because I know like Dawson's more natural than Nico Nico didn't hit the paper at all it was it was a little it was a little rough so I don't want to dishearten him at all but yeah you're right there is no trophies for you know if you don't hit the it, it's a natural fact of life how, but... how old's Nico 
he's seven. He'll be eight this year, but he also has um, uh, an inability to kind of have focus. So he has to be really into it. Steel. We need steel. And, uh, yes, I yeah. think we do need. I do think we. Was need, he shooting with a red dot or open sights? Open sights at that time, but I we do have a red a little, dot. We're yeah. gonna try. I've got a little red dot. I'm gonna JB weld to my pellet gun. Yeah, I think we're gonna. <laughs> Use your We're printer. Do I think yeah, use your help printer. Them. Make a mount. Yeah, yeah. 3D print a, a, a Picatinny rail. There we go. So, I mean, these things are helpful because I want him to be able to do it. But he, he needs to, if if he's going to get into this, he'll either hyper-focus or I have to do stuff to really engage him. So it, it, that's going to be a tough one for him. I know he does. It, yeah. It's just going to be the way it is. So, how much classroom stuff do you try and teach before you let them shoot? Like, you don't want to bore them to death, but at the same time, you need to make sure that they understand everything. It depends. Now, if you're going to be running a league like at the club itself, then you're going to have to put uh, classroom time. Usually, you put a little classroom time in before each shoot, so you teach them something a little bit, di- a little bit different each time. But you always uh, restress the fundamentals every shoot. But uh, you want to break it up because really, if you try to give them too much information, it's just going to go through their heads. So you just do it little little segments. But yeah, before you shoot, remind them always the acts of proofs. Give them the whole safety thing every time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then it becomes second nature because that's what was done to me. It was shoved down my throat every time I did something. So now mm-hmm. you do it to them. They're going to start doing it to other people too. They'll they'll become the safety sallies if you keep installing it. In. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you tell when your kid is ready to learn about firearms? Uh, whether it's just the safety side of it, and like all the way up to the point where you're taking them shooting. How, like I understand it's it's hard to put an age on it because everyone matures at a different rate and everyone has physically different sizes. But like, are there any I don't know Are there any markers that you can almost be like, oh, this is a good marker indicator that you know your kid's old enough to start learning or doing. I guess you, as a parent, you yourself would have to make the individual choice whether the child was responsible or not, or not with the firearm. Because there's each kid's different. Like as Amanda just said, she's got two kids with two different personalities. Mm-hmm. One might be take to it right away. One might take some work. So it's it's I guess it's based on the individual child. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much you're just looking for kids that are what responsible enough to listen when you tell them don't point the gun at each you other want, kind you of want thing. Somebody that's, you want a kid that's responsible, and you want a kid that's, that, that is going to listen. And that's the important okay. thing is the attention span, which is why um, it's always easier teaching girls than it is teaching guys. Because with the girls, a lot of times I don't have to repeat myself. The guys, I have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, girls, the girls listen. They pay attention. Because they want to do it right. They're scared, and they want to do it right. Where the guys have the testosterone, they, they think they can do it anyway. So I'd rather have somebody scared. That's the problem with Dawson. He thinks he knows everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Already. Dawson, Dawson wants to be safe. Yes, he does have this choleric side to him where he thinks Although it's he worse when it's best. you rather than me, I think. Well, that, yeah, because he, that's the other thing of why I was kind of – curious about the parent being involved or not because I could see how my child does not want it's to listen probably better to me. without the parent 
yeah. yeah. Like to do to be the lead on it. Not to that I have the parent there, yeah. but to be the one instructing. Yeah. You've got to be firm, and they got to be a little bit scared of you because what they're doing is scary. So you got them. It's you have to install a little bit of fear into them and a little bit of respect because what they're doing is extremely dangerous, and you have to let them know that, and they have to listen to you or they're gone. So sometimes, Fair a, little, sometimes a little fear, and if the kid is not doing what I'm telling them to do, I will kick them out immediately. They can, they're gone. They're off the line. Mm. Yeah. So, how do you uh, how do you follow up with kids to ensure that they like had fun, don't have questions, or like, and you know, let them know that you're willing to take them again? It's kind of weird to, to call someone's house and say, "Hey, can I talk to your five year old kid?" Well, it was funny because uh, when I was running it at Northumberland, <laughs> remember I was telling you about that that one lady that the one person would would take off, and I was babysitting for the hour, right? Yeah. But she would always come back with coffee and donuts. So a lot of times we would have that little talk thing afterwards. So the kids would, usually I'd ask them how they, how they felt about the performance, anything they, they wanted to do. Um, you have to make it like, it's hard to say. If you're going to be a coach, you can't really be a really close friend. You, you got to be one or the other. Like a coach, you got to be firm. A friend, you're going to help them along the way. But once you start, you cross that line to a coach, then they're, it, it's a different, different relationship with the kids. But it's always good afterwards to have a little step downtown time so they, they have any questions because kids will have a million questions. Things that you won't oh, even yeah. think of, they'll come up with. Oh, I know. So it, it, it was the same when I finished you now. Everybody have a good time. Any questions? Anything that you want to know? But it's always good to do a little wrap-up at the end too because that yeah. way you're going to have them interested. When we're shooting again, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Uh, you'll get ideas and things back from them. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you do to, for lack of better, term bribe them to want to come back again <laughs> like i don't know if like you know uh would, would you like tell you, them you, about maybe next time we're gonna go shoot this or oh yeah you know, yeah. yeah do you have prizes yeah. <laughs> we did actually we did have um who gave us some prizes somebody gave us some prizes and then we rented a booth at the colberg waterfront festival and we rented the CCSA airgun range, and we ran that for the youth program. And uh, and I short, I left the club shortly after that. I raised all this money, got everything going, and then I left and went to another club. Do you yeah. make them clean up? Yes. Yeah. So that's actually good, that, that's a good question because I'd be thinking about like the handle, like the safety part of it too, like the lead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about your kids, but my kids like to stick their fingers in their mouth. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> why is that 22 casing in your mouth? Yeah. Well, considering that Redmond randomly was walking around one day with uh, – he was just holding up his hand, and he was so proud, and he was smiling, and we couldn't realize at first because he had a piece of 9 millimeter stuck on his finger, and he thought it was hilarious, but it blended in, so we didn't notice it at first. Yeah, we just well, pulled that off there. That's one thing you have to stress for the kids too. Like usually when I'm we're finished shooting at the shoots, I make yeah. sure everybody goes in, in, the, in the washroom. We have special de-lighting soap uh, and make a point: no food, no water, nothing on the firing line. And I tell the kids like, and, and I tell them that I smoke. It's the worst thing for me. Said I'm a smoker, so I can't shoot and smoke because I'm handling the ammo. Put so I tell the kids everything, and I make sure they don't eat, drink, or have anything, and they clean up first. They can clean up, but you got to make sure they clean themselves up afterwards. Yeah. 
process and a routine, right? Like start to You know, a lot of it depends on the repetition. range too. Like my range where, where I work now, you don't have to. All you got to do is sweep them in front of the firing line, and we clean it up. You don't have to go range down range to clean your to get your target. You press the button, your target comes back to you. So depending on what your environment is, so if it's a, say an outdoor range like yourself, you can make the whole line safe, make the whole the kids go down at once, change all the targets, go each other targets, make them all come back, make them a part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Make them score each other's targets and see how they fight when people get the numbers wrong. Yeah. 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 That is. Yeah. So, so do you ever get any uh, do you ever get any negative feedback from like uh, maybe other family members or maybe they go to school the next day and they're like hey guess what I did and it raises concerns or maybe they have a casing in their pocket that they took took to school. <laughs> I've <laughs> never. We always say it's like. I've done that, that actually as a kid. It's at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, when the kids are finished, like, I have any younger people. I say I let tell them they can keep the cases. I said do not take it to school. Do not take yeah. the case to school. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so a concern, Josh, right? Because, I mean, well, just the environment that we're in. Like, I always worry about what my kids might say, right? Like, oh, daddy daddy was in the basement with a bunch of guns. Or, like, who, know, who knows, right? Like, <laughs> you, you wonder what kids might say when you're not around or to a, to a teacher that's oversensitive. Well, we have. Well, yeah, family that's member, true. Right? That's true. That's, that's, that's happened to me, too. Well, family but, members have, yeah. have expressed concern to me, right? And it's like. You know, when you're introducing kids to something like this, it's like, how do you, how do you keep it, how do you normalize it, right? Well, this, you don't, you don't I have think to. about that picture that um, yeah. Andy made with our cat. Right. She holding... drew, she drew our cat holding a cooey rifle. rifle. <laughs> you, you, you don't. <laughs> Did he call it his meowy? <laughs> You don't have what to I mean, normalize had she done it. That at school, had you done that at school, would I be getting a phone call? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There was there was one guy. His his daughter just drew a picture of a gun. Said that that's daddy yeah. shooting the bad guys, and they they called the police on the guy. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Yep. So <sighs> it is it is normalized. Our current society is trying to make it not normalized. We in Ontario we have what's called the Ontario Hunter Hunter and Heritage Act. So in, in Ontario. Hunting is considered an important part of our culture and heritage, so they can try to say it's shooting or hunting is is, is bad or evil, but in Ontario, it's actually part of our our culture and it's protected by the Human Rights Code. So, yeah. You had a question there, Mike? Oh, I was gonna say, uh, Josh had mentioned. I, I actually said this before that you had mentioned that you're gonna take your kid to the breakfast shoot to uh, try and encourage them. Um, and then we just let them watch like their phones and we went and chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I guess when I ask, is this a good way to teach a kid? <laughs> no. You know what? I seen it work again. Like I brought up that he had brought his yeah, I brought nephew. My nephew. I brought my nephew out and, and that, that was a just, good experience. They just waited to the end. Like once all the like, regular we till there was went. Till there was a, like we didn't wait necessarily wait till the end, but we waited till there was a gap. Yeah, we didn't horn our way in there. We waited until there was maybe two people on the line. And I brought my boys that day yeah. too, and they didn't shoot; they just watched. So they had their eyes and ears on, and they got to see everybody participating. And I think that was a great way to introduce the environment to them of what it looks like, you know, like and normalize. What I, what I liked about it was is it's very shooting. structured, right? Yeah. Because there you have the range officer calling the line. 
everybody's doing what they're supposed to. They could sit back and watch that. Everybody going through the motions, right? That's what I liked about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think we were hoping to do this year, but it just didn't work out. So um, I, I think it has its pros and cons, but if you're trying to teach one-on-one, I would say probably not the best, but at the same time, we were on a, a time constraint that day. We had to leave to go and get the boys. So it, it just kind of put us in a bad situation, but I think we could have done that again. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize for that cat. It meant to knock it over. <laughs> yeah, tell us. me about it. She heard us talking about her, and she's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Thomas, uh, you mentioned you mentioned the youth program. So what exactly was the youth program? Like, what was the goal of it? Well, the goal was at first was to get a youth program because um, when I when I joined the North Harmony Club, they, they talked about it. They talked about it and talked about it. Well, nobody ever wanted to do it. And every meeting it came up, and nobody ever wanted. I just got finally got really ticked off. And then I did it myself. So. But but what was the goal? Is the goal to bring new young shooters in, or is the goal to, um, how do I say this? To teach good lessons in case that you know the parents aren't the greatest with their safety or something like that. You know, just to make sure that the kids are getting, the, for lack of a better term, the right instruction. Well, you, you said that before, Mike. Like your daughter at the range will tell people what they're doing wrong, right? <laughs> oh well, my my daughter will tell everyone what they're doing wrong. She got in a fight with her well, not a fight, but with her karate instructor because he was facing her and he said like punch with your left arm, and she's like that's not your left arm. And he's like yeah, it is. it's because I'm standing in front of you, facing you. And, you know what I mean? Like, and we had to have a talk with her when we got home. Like when someone is facing you, it look might look like they're left. But it's actually the right, you know what I mean? Had to have a whole conversation about that. But she had no problem telling that instructor after her like second lesson which hand is left and which hand is right. Yeah. So. Well, it, it's funny because I, um, like discussing this whole what the goal of the uh, youth program is. We the instructor at our like our youth club there so i asked him for a little blurb because we're supposed to be putting something on our internet uh like our website there uh so the way he ended up describing it was to teach the kids safety and to keep the sport alive the shooting sport alive so get, get young people interested get them practicing good safe things and it's the same with all other controversial topics of the education system we all talk about well i i feel like that should be a parent thing to share but the thing is if parents aren't teaching the children the proper things or just the bare basics because they weren't taught then how can we expect our future children to carry any sort of knowledge in the future, right? And if we start teaching them young, if we start, you know, having a base program line of what we think is a a great, um, you know, starter pack to getting them involved. Plus, you know, my kids don't see it as, you know, mummy the hunter or mummy the killer, 
they say mummy the shooter, mummy the like who wants to compete. You know what I mean? It's a whole different mindset that we need to train or not train, but just, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just change that view that we're having about our community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that it can be a controversial topic, but how many other controversial topics are our education system finally addressing that we yeah. need to deal with, you know? Well, it's funny, when I took my PAL course, the guy was like a teenager, but he's like, yeah, I, I you know, play all these video games and I wanted to actually shoot the guns that I'm using in my video games. And that's <laughs> very common. See, I can see Dawson. Yeah, I can well, see that, Dawson yeah. like, well, very common. wanting to do that in the future. So I need to kind of yeah. delve into what what his arsenal is, what his dream arsenal is, and we could start picking it up. <laughs> they say, hey, my buddy Thomas has that one. You want to go try it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he would love that. So. Yeah. Originally, I'm sure Josh can't w- I think originally it was just to spread awareness and get more people into the shooting sports. And nowadays it's more like what just Amanda said, it's education. You're trying to change the, the public's perception that the uh, media and the government has put upon us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. But in, in general, I think, you know, um, when we just leave everything to the parent to handle – Right. There are some things that maybe the parent maybe used to do properly and they don't do anymore. I I think it's just a nice way to step back and have a base format to go by. Right. That that's kind of the whole point. Like if you talk about let's just say there's a different kind of math now and how they figure out multiplication and and division. Right? Just wait, Mike. Just wait. Um, I'm sure a teacher timetables, just whatever timetables. Well, th- that's the thing, but they will. There's a whole new way of doing it, and when I tried to show Dawson my way of doing it, they do have a unit on the way that we do it, but <laughs> which is, but this they is don't. Oh yeah, it's, no, called, no. it's called history class. And Dawson, <laughs> I was gonna say, this is how they do it in the olden days. Right next to the right next to the lesson of how, what are those things called that you you slide the pieces over to do your math. The abacus. Abacus. Yeah. Yeah. Right next to that is how we did math now. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is it's just teaching them different well, ways and concepts that maybe yeah, we I, weren't introduced. And I think to. I've I think I've talked about it before. It's like I was well maybe on the. Uh, when we did the uh, the gun board episode, it's like I was intimidated by everybody else. It's like I maybe couldn't shoot as well as everybody else, but I knew how to be safe, right? Because I had just taken the, the range officer course and I was really obsessed with being safe because I was new. And it's like all these all these parents that are maybe teaching their kids maybe are laxed on the safety aspect of things and you can kind of start them off right and then like mike said they can tell the parents right when they're doing something wrong there's a huge push in our clubs to be able to make sure that um all the members pass the safety the club level safe safety and you know i've seen a few of the newer members that have come in like we were talking about struggling we're talking about maybe doing like another like making everybody go through it again Yeah. (laughs) yeah I mean, they're struggling with their shooting abilities or with their being safe. Both. Well, we're finding we're finding like skid marks on the walls and like maybe shots too high and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, that's not mm-hmm. good. Yeah. No, it's not, and it's a thing that we've talked about as a problem. 
and it's it's probably only one or two members when they that do are their, doing it. When they do their club level safety shoot, how many probationary shoots do they have to do? Well, we're supposed to do three, I think. Yeah. I think I think it's three, and there's a qualification target that they have to achieve. Like they got to get all ten shots on paper, and but it's pretty easy. It's only at ten yards, and it's just an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. So what are the twenty yards? Yeah. Yeah, I I I always pushed for that, but I got outvoted. So <laughs> you can't hit, hit that because at, at twenty yards, their shot's gonna go way off. Yeah, yeah. There's you should be able to hit an eight and a half by eleven at I, twenty yards. I feel like you should be shooting at a ten and a fifteen and a twenty. Yeah. And I mean, if you get if you've gotten let's just say uh, ten out of out of 15, like, that's not so bad. But, anyways, I mean, that's if you, off topic. But anyways. you get my point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes, you're right. That we're is squirreling. off topic. We're squirreling. Where's yes, George? We're, yeah. Now, the other thing you could do yeah. is do a uh, centerfire qualification. Mm. If they want to start it's shooting the centerfires indoors, they're big skin Well, that's, that's interesting, too, though, Thomas, is because we qualify with 22s. <laughs> so the next day, I mean, their first gun could be a 45. Who knows, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They, should, they should have a center fire qualification. Make sure they can well. keep it on target. Like, well, like Josh says, we'll digress. And yeah. I think yeah. the, the whole idea, though, of having an education system and and upgrading our education because, you know, maybe what our mommies and daddies taught us wasn't exactly – correct either so need to keep them up to date with uh safety procedures and also a fun competitive environment have being told by your mom and dad what to do is not always fun either right having a third party is going to make it more interesting so i i think these youth programs are great for that reason no matter what the sport yeah. So you mentioned that uh, Northumberland had trouble getting it up off the ground. What do you need to start one, uh, like both in the sense of what do you need from the club and what do you need for equipment? Well, you need access to the range. So you have to book a time slot, uh, a day that you're going to have it that doesn't interfere with any other disciplines that are happening. You need the firearms. So if you're going to have so, you, so you so tw- 22 rifles, yeah. 22 rifles. So people had to donate guns to be used. Um, you need additional staff. You're gonna have to have other volunteers to come out with you and rotate because if you're doing it every week, every Saturday for a couple of years, you're gonna burn out. So you need other people to come in and help you out. Um, and you need some type of some type of structure, like you said, you have a little bit of classroom time. Then you want to have the um, any competition or fun shoots, and then stuff like when I had the waterfront festival, I made the kids work the festival. They were the ROs. They ran a oh. lot of the stuff too. So, so you get you get. So what did you did you charge? Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 made. I think we made our. I think together we made like twenty five hundred bucks. And the CCSA got half of it. If you use their stuff, they get half. Oh, I mean, do they charge the for the youth program? You mean? Yeah. 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 No. No. Okay. Well, yes, they had to reimburse me for the ammo. Like I would, I would have the ammo, and the kids would have to come up, and it worked out to. They paid me the same cost, and I think it was like ten cents a target or something. But they had to reimburse me for my ammo, because not not a lot of the parents okay. had firearms licenses, so they couldn't get the ammo. Yeah, 
So, so pretty if, much. They bring, if they could bring their own ammo, you wouldn't charge them? No, if they can bring their own ammo. Okay. And the okay. young girl across the street to me used to shoot with me every Saturday. She had her own little ammo case that she kept in my closet. Very good. Actually, it's still in the hall closet. She's never picked it up. And so <laughs> She's married this, uh... 27 now. Say, hey, Maddie, I still have your ammo box. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you just said this is this was a weekly thing you would do? Like it was every, every Saturday. <laughs> and then I, I changed I it to good. seasonal because it sucks shooting outside in the wintertime. Okay. So did you? Sorry. So did you do? it over the winter or did you just stop doing it over the winter i stopped doing it over the winter stop doing it because okay. well, kids were the kids, I wouldn't, know the kids wouldn't come out i wasn't yeah. getting kids coming up once it got cold so and yeah that, that's fine right like if the kids aren't coming out then like all right then this is a summer activity right i usually think of shooting at a summer activity already so my well, do i don't have an indoor range the hardest part was yeah, getting other people to help me with the program like everybody said, oh yeah, we oh. program that's great, that's great. And I had one person, Kathy Gill, would come out and help me on a regular basis. That was it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. that promised, everybody had an excuse on because it's Saturday. Who wants to go? People have plans yeah. on Saturdays, and it's not hanging out with a bunch of kids at yeah. the range. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I I'm running through my brain of a way that I would structure this and how I might possibly. I don't even want to know if I'd call it a youth program or just call it youth day and just pretty much put out a thing to the members and say, Hey, I'm bringing my kid to the range. We're going to be at this range. We're going to set it up for 10 yards away. We're going to set up, you know, a big blanket so that she can lay on the ground. We're going to set the targets low. So nothing over the berm, you know what I mean? Hey, if you want, why don't you bring your kid too? And we'll kind of, you know, we can do it together. And then the kids can kind of play together too at the same time. So they see, Oh, other kids are doing it. It's not just dad with a bunch of old guys. Cause that's, probably what my kids think my think my kid probably think that i just go to the range and shoot with a bunch of old people <laughs> well so that you know, was definitely you, the the breakfast shoot yeah <laughs> so yeah so in a case like that, that you would be the ro you would be the range master and all of each individual parents would be an ro for each individual shooter so you're in charge yeah. and you just watch the parents <laughs> yeah yeah, well, I just thought of something like that, and I just thought, you know, the kids might like it a little better, and the kids like might feel a little bit more comfortable when you can say to them before you even go, like, hey, if you're you're worried, there's going to be other kids there. Like, it's not a whole pile of adults and then one kid. It's going to be oh, a bunch of other kids. Do you know them? No, but you'll you'll know them by the end of the day, kind of thing. So yeah, now, I just you... I just assume just just knowing that they're there with them, that the kids might feel a little bit better. Now, do you think Leela would feel better just having some daddy-daughter time or going to the range with other people? So that's hard to say. I, don't get me wrong. Because we, we're always together, like we're rarely ever like just me and her get to spend time together, I think she would like just to spend time with just me. But that has less to do with shooting and more to do with just you know, she just wants daddy-daughter time, right? Yeah. But I also was thinking in a scenario like that, if you did something like that, she would still get daddy-daughter time because, like, most of the time, like, I'm going to be the only one talking to her while she's shooting and while she's doing a whole pile of things. It's only going to be on in, like, the downtime that she runs over and said to the other kid, hey, did you hit your target? How did you do? Whatever, right? But at least it makes her feel like she – like, I just I would wonder if that would make the kids feel like at least everyone is on the same level. So maybe they would feel less nervous about, especially about their performance. 
because, you know, if kids are there and they see not that they know who Jerry Mitchell is, but if they had any idea who he was and they saw him pull up, they might get nervous being like, oh, man, I'm going to, you know, this guy's going to shoot circles around me. But if they see other kids, they might just naturally feel more comfortable. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we, had, um, we had a Boy Scout shoot at the Union Club and the kids had a blast because they're just hanging yeah. out with all their buddies. Yeah. I think a youth, yeah, I think exactly. a youth day would be a great idea because you can put it out to all the membership. They could all bring their kids. You know, put that what what age group that you're going to restrict it to, and uh, yeah. have a blast. Yeah. Um. So was there any? Now I understand that by the time you got them, you're already on the range. Was there any telltale signs when you're on the range that kind of gave you a hint that maybe this kid just not ready to do this? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's important that uh, you know when you do the eye dominancy with adults, it's even more important with kids because they don't okay. have they don't have the fine tuned motor skills that we do. So you have to really establish which side they're going to shoot on. And I've had kids who are just I consider too small or not um, not responsible enough, just too young. I say I'm sorry, okay. they're, they're too young. I try not to make like I try not to put the child down i just say i don't think they're old enough to shoot yet and i, I just leave mm-hmm. them i leave it at that yeah yeah but so yeah so it's not like they're it's, i mean obviously if there's multiple safety infractions and that kind of you know paints a picture for you but it's not like you can see the kids running up and be like oh you're not going to be good today or anything like that no telltale signs it, it depends. It all depends. Like if the kids, like like if they're they're bouncing off the walls or something, and they they, they just they won't stop. If I don't see them settle down, or if they start pre- presenting safety issues, and it all depends. You have to just it depends what's happening. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just it's hard. It's hard to to to, to tell when the kid is ready when there are no like absolute figures, right? It's not like like I know it's dumb. But, like, at 16, we can drive. Well, actually, I have no idea what the licenses are anymore. But, like, at 16, you can drive. But it's so arbitrary, right, whether someone's actually ready to start driving when they're 16 or not. You can vote when you're 18. But, like, if someone does someone understand the politics enough to vote at 18, right? And even drinking when you're turn 19, are you all of a sudden now more responsible today than you were the day before? I would say no. So it's... Yeah, it, it's hard with firearms because there is no solid date and there shouldn't be a solid date because if you're not responsible, then you could hurt someone. So you really should. Uh, you really. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to it's hard to not be able to say, oh, now you can do it right now. You're responsible. Yeah, I, I think sometimes say with Leela, for example, you can look at it like the the going for the ride at the exhibition. You have to be above this line to go across that ride, go on this ride. Yeah. And in a case yeah. like that, you can say, it, you know, dear, it's it's not you. It's a matter of safety because it doesn't fit you, and you can get hurt. So yeah, it all depends, you know, on individual parent and what they feel, uh, how they feel responsible the child is. You can, I know. Um, I've seen kids seven or eight that are very responsible shooters. I've seen, I know people in the thirties that shouldn't have a driver's license. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's good to know. All right. Well, thank you for letting me ask you a whole pile of questions, Thomas. That will, I'm sure help me with my uh, endeavor in teaching my kids how to shoot and uh, hopefully progress that in a safe and fun manner. I'm glad you um, can make it to the show after all this. 
Yeah, well, that was that was a coincidence. I wasn't supposed to be here today. Um, is there anything else you want to add about teaching youth to shoot? Maybe I missed something. <clears throat> Take your kids shooting. They are our future. You got a niece, yeah. a nephew. You know, even if your your person's you know the family member may be not anti-gun, they may not be pro-gun. You know, approach it in a positive manner and try to take a kid shooting because they are our future. Yep. Excellent. So if you have any feedback, questions, or comments, or you want to tell us the right way to teach a kid how to shoot or tell us the, you know, maybe tell us uh, stories of your childhood of how someone taught you to shoot, whether it's good or bad, because we can all learn from it. Uh, you can send it to us at host at newshootercanada.ca, our Facebook page, or the comment section on the website at newshootercanada.ca. And I really should update this. It should also say on our Instagram page because, yeah, we're on Instagram. Go check us out. Uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, leave us a comment and rating on iTunes. Uh, shout outs. Thomas. Um, shout out tonight. I want to do an event. We skipped events altogether. Oh, well, there's no event written in. Well, apparently, TACOM is back. On Tickets go on sale in 15 days, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. 20 bucks to get in. And uh, I know Jeff Bell asked if you can get a weekend pass. That would be good too, because if you it's twenty bucks a day, but if you want to go back a second time. But apparently, they have live podcasts at TACOM, and the oh. Canadian Pro Gun Podcaster Network will be in attendance. And they have our logo. Apparently, we're supposed to be at TACOM. <laughs> what? Yeah. There's going to be other people there. Oh, it just I says don't... the because it was set up a couple of years ago, but then it got canceled. So well, it's funny. Be... I just got an email. I got an email from them with my old tickets from 2020. So oh, wow. I'm good to go. Yeah, because <laughs> I already got tickets. To go. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so it says your favorite podcast will be on hand throughout the show. So make sure you stop by the booth to meet our your favorites and pick up some swag. We better get some swag, even if we're going. Or drop by while we do our special live broadcast where we will be talking to events organizers, guest speakers, vendors, and blah blah. Yeah, I just I was just gonna talk about TAPCON and I scrolled up and I saw our logo I go uh oh I didn't even see this better make sure we're there so everyone's favorite podcaster is there don't we need to pay for a booth for that no it was just last when I went it was just like a, a table like a stage set up and people were just up there <coughs> doing their thing okay <laughs> Yeah, because they've got everybody there. They've got uh, Canadian Patriot Podcast, the Prepper Podcast, Silver Core. Um, I'm guessing uh, Dean has his own. Silver Core. Travis is in BC. That's a big travel. I know. (coughs) And the Prince will swallow this one. I can't see what it is. Oh, Gunning Around Podcast, I guess. And us. Not familiar with that one. No. Guess we should inquire about this, Tacom. Well, apparently we're going to be there, so. It was it was funny. I'm just looking at the dates. I was just going to do the event, and I scrolled up. I go, oh, Podcasters Network? Holy crap. There we are. It was a total fluke. It really was. I didn't know that was in there. Does anyone else have any uh, have any uh, events that I missed? Uh, I, no. I, I no. think we'll just do a quick blurb about uh, National Range Day. June 4th. June 4th. Um, Approach your board. Then, yes, you'll get, then you'll get voluntold that you have to do it. Yeah, because we are actually uh, hosting 
I, you know, we're still trying to work on the details, so stay tuned. But we have gotten approval from the Milverton Rod Gun. So if you're in the area, uh, please feel free to reach out to the Milverton Rod and Gun Facebook page or uh, Milverton Rod and Gun at yahoo.ca. Right? Cool. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, now we'll do my shout-out. So, shout-out to Thunderbird Gear in Bolton. Um, amazing that they even had this knife in stock, and I do appreciate it. One-day shipping and free shipping. So, actually, wow. so shout-out to them. Uh, what about you, Amanda? Do you have any shout-outs this week? Nah. No? I have a shout-out to Mike for going total beast mode. Beast! <laughs> well, I didn't quite meet the goal, but yeah... But you really, saved the SIG. Really, we just said you had to do one, yeah. and you did all of them. So that was amazing. <laughs> Wicked job. You kicked my butt, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, see, we'll see if I actually get uh, get out there and ruck anymore, or if that was just a one-time thing. There's two thing. more for you. Two more for you. 11 and 12. And so it's two and a half, and then an hour and well, 15 after that. 11's over at midnight, so... He's got well, time. He's, He's got time. He can, he can, he can run to work. Up. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take me more than two and a half hours to run to war. <laughs> oh, geez. oh, man. Oh, great. I say. Um, Mike, shout out. Yes, thank you. Um, my shout out <laughs> is to the guys at Frontenac for running the I-Core match. It was another fantastic match. I am. A, I had a fun time, whether I was competitive or not. I uh, had a fun time. Such enthusiasm. Your video's I, off, so we can't see you gritting your teeth. I know. <laughs> I, I, well, he can't see that. Yeah. I'm, uh, what is that? It's an M&P tram transparency. It's a shooting mat, but it's an M&P. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, big shout out to them. Thanks for running another fantastic match. I look forward to uh, seeing them all more in the summer and uh, getting out there more often. Um yeah, and that's it oh, for hey, me. Oh, hey, did you did you select a patch? Uh, no. You need to get the Beast Mode patch. That is my current winner. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm against it. I just... I don't know if I can find something better. Well, you could probably get an actual Beast and have it written in Beast Mode underneath. I think he needs a Maple Seed <laughs> patch, too. Ah, it's a lot harder to get. That 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 hurt. That hurt, Tom. That hurt. Yeah, I'm kind of offended by that as well. Yeah. So do you, Josh? <laughs> yeah. I won't. Uh, All right, Thomas. Why don't you take us on out of here? To next week. That's an old man. Until next week, keep your barrels pointed downrange and smoking. Time spent at the range is time spent with family. Go ahead and shoot like a girl. Choose your caliber wisely. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. I really like 22 now. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if big or small, they're for sale, kill I want them all. I like guns, I like guns, 
I like guns. 